1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Steve Clark has a pop at refereeing standards After a weekend which saw Rangers get four penalties in one game Celtic maintained their lead at the top But at a cost with more injury concerns And Motherwell, Aberdeen and Hearts among the big winners In another dramatic few days of Scottish football I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Cards on the table In 50 years of doing this job I can't remember a less satisfactory crop of referees the standard is worryingly low And we are in crisis Where match officials are concerned The danger is Games are now being materially influenced By bad decision making As much as they are by the efforts of the players Some will claim bias I will say incompetence And the biggest problem of all You can't tell a bad referee He had better be a good referee The unsatisfactory are with us And the game is a hostage to fate as a consequence. I'm sure we'll get right into that over the next two hours or so. Alex Ray, what about yeah. the actual football itself in terms of who were the big winners this weekend? Who were the big losers? What impressed you? What didn't impress yeah, you? Yeah, obviously the old firm uh, both won. Gordon, impressive uh, win for Hearts down at Kilmarnock. Aberdeen as well. Uh, you know, Patrick Thistle's managed to three wins in the bounce for the first time in a long time. But I think refereeing decisions uh, will... Dominate the topic mostly tonight And it keeps us ticking along nicely Hugh Keevans mm. Because football in this country Very rarely takes a breather And we've got an unbelievable fixture card On Wednesday night as well So it's it's, um, it's non-stop Well here we have a situation Whereby Celtic are running out of players At an alarming rate The club may say that they can cope But it's an awful lot to cope with We're now at the stage where if Craig Gordon Comes back into the team It will be as an outfield player So they are involved against Hibs midweek Looking to maintain Or even better Their six point lead at the top Rangers have to go to Aberdeen There is absolutely no margin for error For Steven Gerrard Because if Aberdeen win They leapfrog Rangers and go second 0141-951-1025 What's on your mind after a busy weekend of Scottish football? You can call of course We'd love that You can tweet as well At Clyde SSB Let's get stuck into the... Penalty debate That's what everyone's talking about um, Stephen Gerrard thinks Three of the four penalties Rangers got at the weekend Were right He says Jermaine Defoe Didn't dive for the second one That was given The Rangers boss also says They could have had another spot kick uh, For a foul on Alfredo Morelos Well he didn't appeal for one the Referees give the penalty Jermaine's tried to ride the challenge Contact's debatable But he's jumped back up And the refs give the penalty So I don't think Myself or Jermaine have got Anything to say on that I thought all the other pe- Penalties Were penalties The handball He's handballed it First and foremost Out the area But he's still handballing it Inside the area It's like a catch First one was blatant Maybe missed one on Alfredo So there could have Actually been five Before we find out What you two think Let's balance up And hear the thoughts Of Oren Kearney He thinks that Andrew Dallas Only got one of them right He says he spoke to the ref After the game And he understands It's a tough job Yeah one, one penalty um, In the first And listen at the time you argue that you argue the other three because of how you watch it in real time, and I and again I'm not the, the purpose of this is not to hang a referee out to dry either, um, and it's to, to appreciate also that he has a split second along with the people who, who works alongside him to make that decision, uh, but having watched them back, it's there's one definite penalty and three three that aren't, and we had a good conversation, and as I said to him, I'm not. 
Uh, we had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with the referees and it's the first time I've gone in to see a referee here and I'm speaking to him like I'm speaking to you now and there was no <laughs> um, histrionics or anything else that goes with it but I just asked his opinion and, and I suppose, and as I say for him, it's tough because he's got to make that in an instant uh, but when you go through them and you look at them, um, you know, they're disappointed. It's, it's just disappointing for us. Two more civilised men you'll never meet, Stephen Gerrard and Oren Kearney. Two professional football managers. One thinks Rangers could have had five penalties, the other one thinks Rangers were only entitled to one penalty. Therefore, what chance do you have in this argument? Because everyone looks at them from a different angle. I'll give you my tuppence worth and Alec will do the same. I think he got the first one spot on. I'm not sure about the other three that he awarded and I think he missed one when Morelos was brought down to the ground. So... Out of the four given I agree with one And I think he also missed one Yeah for me I think the, four, the first one I don't think anyone uh, In their right mind Would argue with that one I think the second one uh, Is not for me In the slightest On Jermaine Defoe The third one um, I said at the time On Saturday I didn't think it was For the reason being That Was it inside the box It was debatable and also was their intent. That was the two things that kind of caught my eye. So you have to kind of make sure that they are both in, in line and tie up for them to give a penalty. The fourth one in Candace, I felt it was if the player was continuously holding them into the box, which I've seen in Saturday, uh, in Saturday. So I felt as if that was. So it was two out of four for me. And if you're looking at the Morelos one, which I didn't see at the weekend, I have seen it in the highlights. If he had given that, I don't think there would been too many complaints, just the way he's pulled them back. So Hugh Keevan says one out of four, right? Alex Ray says two out of four. We're going to have to start noting these down because we're going to have a wide range of opinions between now and eight o'clock. 01419511025 is the number you need to give yours. And if you want to do it on Twitter, we are at Clyde SSB. We're going to hear from Stevie Clark very soon because he. Obviously wasn't involved in that game on Saturday um, But he's had some very strong words to say About refereeing standards And uh, about Jermaine Defoe as well Let's speak to Brendan who's a St Mirren fan on the line Hi Brendan Hello boys, how are you? Good. Not too bad at all How are you? Um, but I'm, a, I'm a wee bit irate to say the least mm-hmm. um, But before I put my point across I'd like to um, bring something forward to Mr Keevans A couple of weeks ago Hugh I heard you saying something on Clyde One that um, teams like Rangers and Celtic coming up against inferior teams like St Mirren, where they think that all they have to do is just turn up at the stadium and they win their games. That, in my mind, is an absolute... That's, that's defamation to say that about another team. They don't have the right to turn up to anybody's stadium and win the game. They have to fight for 90-odd minutes, whatever the length of the, the, the game might be, and wait for the outcome. For you to turn around and say that they're expected to win these games was an absolute joke. And you said that on that on this very channel two weeks ago and then a Saturday. I don't know if you remember it, but you definitely did say it. And I stand but by my it. Point, but I, my point is this. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You've accused me of everything there. Hold on. Wait for the right to reply. Uh, I stand by every word. I said that when Rangers played Cowden Beef there was zero chance of Cowden Beef winning the match and Rangers won it. I said on Saturday it was impossible for St Mirren, in my estimation, to win at Ibrox. Impossible. That was the word I used and I stand by that as well. Take away the penalty kick arguments, all four of them, 
It was still impossible for St Mirren to win They're just not good enough to win at Ibrox uh, Brendan, what did you make of those penalty incidents then? Well, I'll just I'll surmise the whole thing up in one word Joke In my opinion uh, Mr Dallas Should not Referee another game in the Scottish League Until he's hauled over the coals By UEFA FIFA FFA Whoever it is involved in it that guy should be hauled over the coal. Well, the only people involved in it are the... Saturday, the only people involved... Hold on, Brendan. The only people... Because you're factually incorrect here. The only people involved are the SPFL because no, the and SFA. the SFA because it's our country. The, the, the This is a matter of... A purely internal matter. Yeah, I can understand. Okay, fair enough. But at the end of the day, Hugh, that guy is being paid to referee a game with two teams. And as far as I'm concerned, Rangers had 12 men in that parking Saturday. Well, this is, always, this is always a dangerous side to the argument. What I will say to you, Brendan, and I wrote this this morning in my online column for Clyde One website, I believe that Andrew Dallas is the most headstrong, the most abrasive referee in the country, and I believe he gets more wrong than he does right. Well, that's surely not though. Over the course, of, and and uh, it's because the mistakes get highlighted. The the, th- the decisions you get right, no one ever talks about them. But that's true of all walks of life. However, I can only look at this current crop, which I have said, in my estimation, are the worst mm. I have seen in fifty years doing this job. Andrew, and it it gives me absolutely no pleasure. I was very friendly with his dad, and uh, you and I met Andrew at, at Christmas time at a, a Radio Clyde function, and. It, it's me giving my pundit's opinion on this programme. I think he is the most headstrong, abrasive referee who gets more wrong than mm. he gets right when it comes to the big calls. In your opening gambit, Hugh, you, you said the standard was worryingly low. and that, yeah. uh, Not to disagree with that at all. I'm wondering, though, how much we should consider the fact that the scrutiny is obsessively high. Well, and how much does that reflect on making it seem like the standard is worryingly low? It's like uh, Gordon Strachan always used to say It's uh, the the quality of the opinion that you listen to I'm not referring to social media here I couldn't care less what social media thinks about it I am talking about And we will hear from Steve Clark later on I'm talking about within the game There's a concern that the standard of refereeing Is just seriously Mm. low And matches are being determined by Poor decision making Is that a fair point Alex Ray Because yeah. I mean <laughs> This is descending into How many did he get right And Hugh thinks he got One right and three wrong You think it was two right And two wrong And that's before we even mention The Alfredo Morelos one Even if it is two and two That's not really acceptable is it That's not that's yeah. not a level That we should aspire to For, for a game that we all I, I, Love I, so much I totally agree uh, Going back to the third one Which was the handball Gordon That was the linesman That actually made that decision exactly, that's true. So, yep, so you have to true. take that Into consideration and, and I think Brendan Makes an interesting point In terms of Referees uh, I'm in agreement with Hugh I, I, I've been saying For a couple of years now The actual level And the standard Hasn't been great It seems to be more Highlighted this season Because there's been More mistakes From the officials they had a summit a couple of weeks ago where they all got together uh, during the, the winter break. VAR was mentioned. They were talking about the respect between various managers, coaches and the, the referees at large. The one thing I don't know coming out of that meeting or the meeting with the referees the weekend before that as well when they got together before the summit 
was how are they actually mm. going to improve this? What is the sanctions for guys who continuously make decisions? Because it doesn't seem to me as if these guys actually pay a penalty. You know, we're maybe getting demoted to the championship for a week or two, I don't know. But what I'm saying is it doesn't seem to me, they seem to continuously get games, mm. which frustrates people, Gordon. There is the question, Hugh Keevens, because what this has shown... In fact, let, let me run through some of the opinions. You've given yours, Alex has given his, Brendan on the line's given his. You will be aware that former English Premier League referee Dermot Gallagher always speaks on a Monday morning, doesn't yes. he, on Sky Sports News. This morning, he said he felt three out of the four were correct. Yep. Former SPL referee Steve Conroy, I think he was speaking to the Daily Record over the weekend, said he felt one out of four were correct. That is two qualified referees yeah. with wildly different opinions from different countries. So, even begin to explain how VAR fixes this Well as I said to you at the very start of the programme If you have two civilised men Like Stephen Gerrard and Oran Kearney And one thinks he should have had five penalties And the other one thinks only one was justified And they are both professional football managers Operating in the highest tier of Scottish football Then clearly there is no unanimity here You're never going to get a common consensus That Andrew Dallas got one right, two right, three right, all right No one is going to agree on this subject All you can do Gordon is throw up opinions Because everyone has one 0141 Let's hear from Steve Clark He says something needs to be done About the inconsistency of refereeing decisions It was obviously another weekend of talking points And the Kilmarnock boss has had his say today He's referenced a number of recent incidents And he also says the compliance officer Should be citing Jermaine Defoe for diving You sit here on a Monday after a weekend Where everybody talks about referees Consistency of refereeing one player runs to the crowd yesterday To celebrate a goal Gets a yellow card One player runs to the crowd to celebrate a goal doesn't get a yellow card. Five penalty decisions in one game, one correct, four wrong. There was a an offside decision in our game on Friday night. Insignificant. Wasn't in a dangerous position. Was offside, given by the East Stand linesman. Three metres onside. Three metres. It's the size of this desk. More. Has he been pulled up about it? Has he been shown it? Has he been told that he was wrong? Probably not. Probably doesn't even know it's a mistake. It has to be sorted. It would be nice to see the people in authority start to address the situation. I think I find myself increasingly disappointed that nothing's been done to address it. Nothing. One of our players was suspended for two games for going to ground too easily early on in the season. And there was a media furore, a witch hunt against the player. Nothing on the same scale from Saturday's game. Nothing. I'm referring to Saturday's game between Rangers and St Mary. Hopefully... The compliance officer will do her job. It doesn't affect us. I'm not particularly advocating, but I just want consistency. So if our player gets a two-game ban, I look forward to seeing what happens this week. Now, there is another professional man, like Oren Kearney and Stephen Gerrard, who has a problem with consistency when it comes to referees. Now, I can hear people shouting at the radio, well, what will people do about it? There's no point in asking me, you or Alec Ray Because we have no authority, no power to do anything about it You look to those who govern the game And again in my personal experience of half a century When it comes to referees The game forms a mutual protection society Referees don't get devoured by the game The game looks after them And I accept that they have a very, very difficult job And a thankless task because no matter what, 
When Celtic play Rangers for example I always say It doesn't matter who referees it It's his fault Even though he has a flawless performance That's the way it is in this country But the standard is worryingly low But there will be no concerted move To do anything about it Because I repeat you can't say to a bad referee, you'd better start being a good referee. What do you make of Stevie Clark's comparisons between Jermaine Defoe's incident and Jordan Jones from earlier in the season where he got a two-game ban? Well, you can see similarities in terms of when Jones goes down, there wasn't any contact. I don't know if there was any. I know Jermaine Defoe says that there was slight contact. Is that enough to go down? Probably not, Gordon. Uh, I don't know whether he's trying to anticipate that, but the fact is he bounced down, tried to get back up and chase the ball now. People will look at that and go, that's simulation And there may well be a penalty on that And I'm not trying to divert here I'm just trying to say If Andrew Dallas would have waited two or three seconds Without being instinctive He'd have seen the player going up and chasing the ball after it And saying, that's not a penalty Because he does that Then people will assume that he's actually trying to dive And that's why but, I say he's, he's headstrong he, you know, he, He's got to learn to take a second to think about it Steve Clark makes a really interesting point there In terms of he was talking about an offside decision It was three yards This is the thing When I was a St Mirren manager I took a, a DVD Of six penalties The head of referees John Fleming said to me Five out of six of them are I'm not sure As a manager When I walk out He goes right okay He's agreeing with me And you get a wee bit Kind of calmer about it Because you're, you're Reinforced what you're actually seeing Then um, I'm not sure Whether they show These individual referees That for development purposes So that they can learn For this year So how do they ever learn Jim's a Rangers fan In Rutherglen What's your take on it Jim? Uh, I think you know where I'm going with this one right away. Where is where, where is the Scottish media onslaught, guys? When these decisions go against Rangers, I mean that, that's two games, and we've had five pages in papers, public outcries, rolling out referees, left, right, and centre. Where, where is these outcries when the, when the things go against Rangers? Jim, are you are you a regular listener to this show, Jim? Aye, aye, big time That's why I'm phoning you up tonight Obviously mm. I must Because all it seems to be Is a Celtic onslaught Jim, we get phone calls About refereeing decisions Every day For every club nearly Absolutely shocking By the way Do you go to the radio on Saturday night The boy Dallas When the, the, the cup final There with Celtic And I can go back to the Last game of last season Easter Road The Rangers were denied A stonewall penalty Where, where, where is this Again, I'm asking Where is the media outcry When these decisions Go against Rangers Well, I, I will take uh, up the cudgels on behalf of the media And just to be accurate If it's if it's the cup final you're talking about And it was Celtic against Aberdeen That's not a decision against Rangers Just just so we're clear Yeah but anyway When something goes against Rangers I assure you The press will give it the same level of coverage That's a nonsense show You're talking nonsense Well that's because you come at it From an entrenched point of view no, all, all fans I'm not, I'm not, all fans come at it from an entrenched point of view All fans blame it on the media I'm trying to get to the root of what I believe is a crisis for Scottish football And that is the abysmal level of refereeing standards here You are coming at it from a one club perspective I'm trying to see the big picture here uh, And can you offer me a view on the general standard of refereeing? Very, very poor Thank you that, that's why I'm asking why there is only a public uproar whenever these decisions go against Rangers. Well, Jim, Rangers 
I've got a I've got a potential answer. You might not agree, but I can't remember the last time one team got four penalties in one game. And that's not to say that they were right or they were wrong, but it was clearly going to be a bigger talking point than another game where that doesn't happen. It's 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 unheard yeah. of that that like I say, not to say that they were right or wrong, yeah. but it's clearly a big deal. It's a big talking point. It's, it's what everyone's talking about, yeah. and that's why we're talking about it's it. It's the main talking point of the weekend. And, and to Jim, there is just uh, kind of stating that it's a Rangers issue. You have the command manager on. Moaning about the Celtic, um, you know, uh, one was given a yellow card to the boy uh, Forrest and the boy Weir for the exact same misdemeanour didn't quite get the same kind of punishment. It's that consistency that people are getting kind of confused with. Plenty more time to go on this one. Let's talk football as well in terms of what you made of your team's performances at the weekend. We're going to hear from Brendan Rogers after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Kevens and Alex Ray are here. They're waiting to take your calls, so get in touch or send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. It was a Quite a weekend for refereeing decisions Whether you agree with them, disagree with them Everyone is having their say So I'm pretty sure we'll continue to do that Between now and 8 o'clock Let's try and talk about some actual football itself For just a moment or two Uh, Brendan Rogers says The win against St Johnson yesterday Was a perfect display um, Of persistence and quality Um, He's also singing the praises of Timothy Weir After his goal and assist coming off the bench What did you make of it Hugh? Uh, I thought it was a terrific uh, Display by Celtic uh, Second half uh, St Johnston were Wonderfully well organised And it seemed as if Celtic would batter at the door All day without getting in uh, Especially so when uh, You watched Edward come on And then go straight back off again uh, Because of injury So obviously The story of the day was Timothy Weir Coming on Tremendous movement Tremendous awareness in the box For an 18 year old you know, he has had a sensational start and has become, all of a sudden, a very, very important player for Celtic. Yeah, I thought it was a, a, a really good demonstration of our persistence and, and quality in the game and uh, to play so well against a team that are very difficult to play against. And like I said, we had everything sort of thrown at us today in terms of injuries and and, and whatnot, but... Um, but no, the, the game went how we thought it would go. Similar, I suppose, a wee bit to Wednesday night, you know, where we had to be patient in our game but still play with the intensity. And I thought we would real good tempo in our game today. So uh, created chances and, um, and, like I said, kept a clean sheet. Equally important. Absolutely brilliant. 18 years of age. He's loving every minute of his life here. and uh, But he's here for a purpose, and his purpose is to learn and develop, get some games in his legs and, and make the impact that he has been making. So uh, now he's a great kid to work with. He's always up. You know, for his training and for the games, and whether he starts or whether he comes off the bench, he's he's ready to make that impact. And his ability for the first goal, his movement, touch, cross, his speed you've seen with with the other two boys, I must say. So yeah, it was uh, it was very very good performance. David's a Celtic fan in Cowcarrens. What did you make of that yesterday, David? Um, like Tuesday night, it was like a complete rerun uh, in a midweek fixture. Uh, I thought Celtic were excellent midweek against St Johnson, who are always really stuffy and hard to break down but at the weekend I thought we were even better I thought we were the intensity in my game the control we had of the game for the whole 90 minutes I mean take away the the, the sort of uh, Tony Watts chance I think it's a chance but it was a lash the the young fella the young boy Kennedy I think mm-hmm. probably should have scored but um, I thought we were 
we were relentless. I thought we were absolutely fantastic, um, and we we coped. The players going off, um, and that that takes me on to my subject to the referees, and, the, and, the, and I agree with Steve Clark. It's consistency. That's really all everybody's looking for. Um, I felt that Shocknessy should have been. I mean, as Andy Walker said, anywhere anywhere else in the part, it's a foul because he goes in, studs up. You know, he studs up straight leg. So you go and let that to any kind of ball, even if it's in the air, you're going to get a foul against you. But the other one was Ryan Christie taking a boot to the ribs in the goal line, and, mm. it's, and that's been washed over because of the the incident with uh, Eddie. Well, and that uh, was a that was a penalty. I mean, that was a it's an obvious penalty. Yeah, I I, I agree with you, uh, and that's why I say the worry for me is that games could be decided by bad refereeing decisions rather than good play from footballers on the park. That's nothing new though, is it? Is that not is that not the, the, the nature of, of sport and of football where we, whether we like it or not, put our trust in, in the hands of the referees yeah, of course, and hope that and hope that they get more right than they do yes, wrong. Yes, but it's happening on a consistent basis here. And uh, you know, you're you're getting penalties wrongly awarded in cup finals and so on and so forth. At the point at which uh, Ryan Christie is halved and two, uh, the score is still nil-nil. Now, you know, if the game finishes that way, Celtic have dropped two significant points. So, again, you're looking at error. I do understand human error, and I absolutely rule out Willie Collum trying his best to make sure that Celtic didn't win the game. That's just a, a nonsense. But it's another decision that you can say... Why is it not possible for the referee to have seen that? I don't even think it's a, a difficult decision to actually see because he's clearly caught him. The Christie one. Absolutely. And uh, I think, again, going back to uh, David's point, is consistency. You know, you're seeing that. And then, again, with the bookings, one gets booked, one doesn't. And that that's a frustrating thing. But I think the big fear for most fans who is that it is going to cost someone. Yeah. You know, ultimately, yesterday, it didn't cost because Celtic wanted to score a couple. And likewise, at the weekend for Rangers. But... I think there's a, a, a fear amongst fans In terms of a study into consistency Hugh The oh. bookings after the goals Are actually really good incidents to look at Because we always do this You know we compare fouls And we, we compare games We had a call about a penalty from 1970 Yes The other day You know that, that, Sometimes you're comparing apples and oranges Take a step back Forget who the player was Forget who the teams were This is not about who you support James Forrest scores Runs mm-hmm. into the, the crowd And gets booked yeah. Most people hate that rule But you see it a lot right He gets booked for running in Timothy Weir A couple of minutes later Does the exact same thing yeah. And doesn't get booked yeah. I'm not saying which of them was right And which of them was wrong But if you're talking about consistency There's um, your point There's well, the problem Listen I agree with you I think it's a, a If you go to your own supporters And segregation is very clearly defined At McDermott Park If you go to your own supporters and that your gestures are not provocative and you are simply sharing the joy of the goal-scoring moment, which is what the game's supposed to be all about, I don't see why you should get booked. However, we have Timothy Weir's word for it that having booked James Forrest, the referee did not book Timothy Weir because he said to him, well, you didn't cause anybody to surge forward in the crowd. Well, I don't know how Willie Collum can take all that in. Uh... He seemed to take it all in where James Forrest was concerned, and you know here's a second example of it. But I do go back to Stevie Clark's point about if you book one, even though it's a bad rule, you need to book two. 
And what about David's initial point, Alex? He was talking about the performance, Timothy yeah. Weah again, um, getting the, yeah. the headlines. He's clearly um, making quite the impression early yeah. on in his Celtic career. What an impact he's making, Gordon. I think he's uh, he's got blistering pace. I actually saw him last year play against Celtic's uh, development squad in the Champions League, and I was impressed then. He's come up, he's given them a new dimension. He's he's busting in behind teams, he's adding goals. I don't even know if they would imagine they would made such an impact at the time. Going back to uh, Brendan's point as well In terms of the, the overall In terms of It actually takes character To win games like that Gordon And they actually define teams Over the course and, uh, course and distance And If it wasn't for Xander Clark Who I thought was Absolutely outstanding It could have been a Far bigger I thought the first half It was there When you're A St Johnston playing against A Rangers or a Celtic It is imperative When you do get that one Or You know I, I think it was Kennedy In the first half And then um, Tony Watt With a header you must score at that stage to give yourself that faint chance because you know Celtic have the quality to then kick off. Is Tony Watt scared of the post as it gets? It just certainly looks that way, doesn't Gordon, it? I, listen, I, I, and I'm not trying to stand here as any. Believe me, if that opportunity arises, I am, I'm bullying it into the net, and whatever the consequences are, because it's the, you're begging for a chance like that. The, the delivering things, he's obviously just kind of. Ducked out a little bit uh, David what do you make Of the injury list At the moment There was a bit of an update From the club today So James Forrest Is out for a period of time He's having a scan On a hamstring injury um, Boyata and Encham Getting a bit closer Trained today Tierney trained himself today Lustig's a doubt For Wednesday Edward's a doubt For Wednesday And you've got the, the Benkovic, Rogic Kwasi, Arzani ones That are a bit longer That we know about What do you make Of the overall picture David? I make. I think I might get my boots And pop out of Lennox <laughs> yeah, um, Any good David? <laughs> I wasn't my youth, Ali. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> uh, I, I, well, it's tough. It's really tough. Um, and, and we're coming into a wee spell of games that are going to be tough. But um, Wednesday night will be a bit telling. I don't know if Hibs will have the bottle to, to play the anyway, stick three men up front and go ahead. Or they'll maybe be a bit more cagey because. For me, um, with the chopping and just on that with the defence, I'm really surprised Celtic haven't appealed the ire red card because I thought there was two players covering. I mean, Brendan said himself that's fine, okay, but I really thought there was two players coming in diagonally. Well, I have to see David to get a cover, you know. Yeah. But anyway, um, they're, they're I don't well, know what he'll do tomorrow. I, I think, I think near Beton might come in and sit in front of your back too. I could see that happening just to give him maybe 70, 75 minutes just to. Because you know Beton's a good If you can get him in the ball Around about the edge of your box He's a good passer You know And he'll hit passes um, And maybe McGregor To think they'll take us up the park um, But defensively Wow The only thing that I will say is That, that um, I thought that the Borussia Dortmund boy Slipped in there Absolutely seamlessly And considering that he's not played regularly For quite a spell of time um, I'm mm. looking forward to see him when he's up to it Just, just where we're cleaning up disciplinary matters The red card is an absolute Stick on red card The the two players coming in from either side Are nowhere near Henry uh, And Tolyan, you're correct He looks a proper footballer uh, Mark is in Hamilton, thank you to David and Cowcaddens Mark, as a Rangers fan, what do you make of these penalties? Yeah, well um, for, for me, I think there were Three out of the four were penalties um, but but I mean what I would like to, to say in the matter is you know we talk about the, the English game and we talk about obviously the funds that they've got down there um, the refereeing is so much better down there all these sort of things well you look at Sky Sports today you know they froze the images they spoke about it they reviewed it they get an ex-English referee to look at it and he says three of the four decisions were penalties 
you know. So I think all this kind of big debate over were there penalties or were there no penalties. I think if we're going to talk about, and it's been on here many a times, talk about how good the English game is and how good the ref and Ian is doing there, even though they do make mistakes as well, I think we should actually look at it and listen to them and say, OK, fair enough. They're saying actually three out of the four were mistakes. I give you, you one, know, so that would be my first point. I give you one guarantee, Mark. If Dermot Gallagher comes on next week and says that Rangers should have had a penalty given against them, your opinion of Dermot <laughs> Gallagher's opinion will take a yeah. sudden decline. I think it's important that Dermot Gallagher doesn't become the oracle. The exactly. Only, the, the, but the only reason I brought it up was just to highlight the wide yes. range of opinions and how difficult yes. it must be. That's the only reason I brought it up. Of course, he knows more about these things than I do. He knows more about these things. Than you do, yes. um, but you know everyone's it's not, got an it's opinion. It's not casting stone, Gordon. You know everyone has, as, as you said, some people are saying there's one out of five potentially. Others are saying there's five out of five, and so it's somewhere in the middle. Now the interesting thing about all this, uh, and I know Dermot Gallagher really well from my playing days. Uh, for me, it's, it's as I said, the one with the handball. I'm not quite sure, but we have pundits last night on another show. Talking about there was no foul leading up to Candace outside the box. So you're thinking to yourself, where is this? You know, there's so many wide ranging mm. topics. Uh, Mark, Stevie Clark says, well, didn't say in so many words, insinuated that Jermaine Defoe should be sanctioned for diving. What do you make of that? Look, that, that's, that's, the, that's the one penalty, but I feel that it probably shouldn't have been a penalty. Um, I think even looking at the images, I don't think you can clearly tell if there's been impact or no. The only thing that I would say is I always look at the, the player's reaction and Defoe was down and up within a heartbeat. You know, he didn't put his hand up looking for it. He wasn't screaming for it. So that would tell me that he's probably expected a challenge, but it's not quite materialised and he's bounced back up. So for me, he possibly should have got a yellow card. But... At the same time, if I can see a still photograph and you can see it being played back in slow motion and you still can't tell if the actual player's been contacted or not, then what chances the referee got? And well, at the same time, that's what I go back to. I mean, if we're, we're, we're um, good enough to say, you know, that we should listen to referees and, you know, we should take a wee step back and this, that and the next thing. If we're getting all these different referees and referees from down south telling us who, you know, up until yesterday's game or Saturday's game, we thought, well, the bees and ease, although they do make mistakes. If they're telling us there should be three out of four, then why are we, why are we going back to, oh, Scottish Rays are absolutely rotten, they don't do this and don't do that? We know they do make mistakes, and only human. Hugh goes on about it all the time. Absolutely right. They are human, they will make mistakes. We know they're not as good as the referees down south. You know, obviously, they're, no, they're not full time, they've got other jobs, etc., etc. The only way of going back and, 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 and getting the referees to that level is, is to have them full time. Well, that's a, a, an argument that we will go into later on in the programme. We're running out of time but, uh, right now, but uh, when it comes to this weekend, you're never going to get anyone to agree on anything over this. I had someone in social media, this will give you a laugh, Alec. <laughs> someone in social media on Saturday night who wanted to speak to me about referees and Cognitive bias mitigation Eh? On that note Let me tell you about this Very important indeed Clyde One The Cash Register With wholesale domestic bathrooms Service, style and value That'll get you talking 
Now we hope you've been listening to this Because earlier on the cash register This happened I've not got a clue what the, what the amount is Oh no, what an absolute nightmare I'm going to give you a chance to guess though Because it's like a one in a million chance And if you can get the amount right to the pounds and pence Then you win it £5,491 or something like that. It was uh, £5,587.27. So there you are. Stephen answered his phone, but he didn't know the cash amount and he missed out on the money. That's why it's important you have to listen. Now, tomorrow there will be a new cash amount across the Hits Network. You could win up to £10,000 in Clyde One's cash register with wholesale domestic bathrooms. To enter, very, very simple. Text YES to 61025. It's £2 to play plus your standard network rate. Make sure you're listening. This is the important bit to Bowie at breakfast at 8 o'clock. He'll tell you just how much you could win. Write it down, keep it safe, do whatever you have to do because we could be calling you. The full T's and C's and online entry are on our website and get ready to win big with Clyde One's cash register with wholesale domestic bathrooms. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here with me, Gordon Duncan. Give us a call on the line or you can tweet at Clyde SSB. Just a small point, Hugh, to prove that our madness comes in various forms. Yeah. Um, Bohemians have forfeited the Iron Brew Cup game oh. and East Fife get a bye wow. to the next round. This is, remember, after East Fife went all the way over to Dublin and then the game got called off just before it was due to kick off. So there you go. Uh, big news, big breaking news tonight. Don't see it catching on, <laughs> that habit. Um, I'm... Almost certain, no I'm absolutely certain We'll take more calls on referees Very, very soon indeed Let's hear a bit more from Stephen Gerrard He says Rangers forgot the basics In the win against St Mirren And they must improve for upcoming games He believes the level of performance Wasn't there in the first half But it did get better in the second In terms of our performance I don't think it was good enough First half There was was an improvement second half Created a lot more second half The keepers made some fantastic stops So the scoreline could have looked um, Even more for us But Unfortunately, yeah, it wasn't, but disappointed with his first half. The priority today was obviously the result. Secondly, a, a clean sheet, if you can do that. So I'm happy with that. Third, the performance. I thought we got a slight improvement after the break, but we were disappointed first half. And over the next seven days, we'll have to perform a lot better than we did today. I just think we forgot the basics in football when you're at a big club. I think before you kick a ball, you've got to run hard, you've got to work hard, you've got to press, you've got to be aggressive play with intensity I just thought we looked a little bit lethargic and then a little bit off it maybe it's me wanting too much out of them but when I walked in the dressing room every set of eyeballs hit the floor so uh, I think I was right to ask for more after we've got two really big games in the next seven days one in the league one in the cup that are both very important to us so we need to find a level of performance that can get the job done in both games because today's performance won't so one four one nine five one one zero two five to have your say we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB um, Trevor is in Motherwell We're going to speak to Alec and Bayliston very soon He's got some interesting thoughts on the refereeing situation Trevor, what do you make of uh, the football side of things For Rangers at the moment? Uh, no, just my point basically to Alec uh, Being a Rangers man Alec, I'm there week in, week out Now, uh, this diamond thing I just yeah. don't think it's working at all, I don't think it's a great setup, and hopefully, I think Stephen can maybe see that now. Certainly, uh, didn't work with Kelly first half. We said Murna felt was was poor. Although after the penalty kick, I thought it would have been a it would have been an onslaught. But uh, I mean, just to get Alex, can he put I mean, I'm leaning more towards the lines of either a a four four two or a a four two three one. Yeah. And it's just to see. I mean, I think you ca- you can't drop Ken, and you can't drop Candias. Yeah. And I think it's been proven that And it's just to see what can he, To get Alex thoughts What he felt the best 
Yeah, I'm. I was looking at that today uh, I wrote down Obviously the, the team at the weekend I don't think he'll go with that At the weekend um, I think he'll go with the normal back four As he did at the weekend I think he'll go with the three In the middle of the park McCrory, Davis, Arfield Candace on the right Kent on the left And Morelos up top on his own um, But I think it's too big of a gamble To try that diamond uh, You know Similar to Kamarnock a couple of weeks ago Where they didn't get that result uh, I feel as if the interesting thing about this is is if they keep chopping and changing away from home they go back to this 4-3-3 as I've just said they're up at Aberdeen and then at home they start going with the two uh, we do, mm. there's a bit too much uncertainty for me I, I like the actual one that I've just read out there now they look a lot more stronger a lot more powerful uh, they went to Livingston and won there as well Celtic was a similar formation so I, th- I think that's the best way forward for them I know they're trying to shoehorn um, you know uh, Defoe into that but this is such a big game come Wednesday it's a big game, that's for sure. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, Stephen Gerrard spoke about the basics, working yeah. hard, pressing hard. Well, it, it has to come naturally at Petodre because there's not a deep affection for Rangers in Aberdeen. Really? Uh, and uh, <laughs> they, will, they will have to get about their business there. But Trevor, before you go, please, please... Before we are accused on this programme of suppressing anything, what did you think of honestly about the referee? Yes. Uh, <laughs> the last decent referee I seen was Brian McGinley. That's how far back I'm going. What year's, uh, what year's that? Would well, that be in the 70s? 80s, early 80s as well, Brian was. 70s, wasn't it? 80s, well, we're not yeah. quite as far back as the 70s we had the other day, so that's, that's an improvement. I, I, I think they've been. Listen, they're really, really poor across the board. In fairness, I think Andrew Dallas got a bit of stick with the one with a handball, because I think, alright, he's got a, a free kick, but then if a linesman say, look, he's standing, it was inside the box. I very, very soft. But listen, I think the, the, the stone wall penalty was the one that wasn't given. But I just think they've been poor. Not just for Rangers, for everybody. I think the refereeing standards are dreadful. Mm. How we're going to make it better, I see can, I haven't a clue. I'll let, you, I'll let you come up with that idea. <laughs> we'll be here until midnight in four weeks' time. Let's see if Alec and Bailison can shed any light. Hi, Alec. How you doing, mate? All right? Yeah, not bad, Alec. Uh, it's about uh, what uh, Stephen Gerrard says uh, and what your panellist says, Alec Ray there says mm. about the penalty kicks. Firstly, the Stephen Gerrard one, the one the boy crossed it and it hurt the St. Martin boy's arm. Yep. Stephen Gerrard did say it hurt his arm outside the box, but he carried it into the box. And it should be a penalty. Where does he get the rules for that for? It's what the, the rules is where the foul gets committed. The foul gets committed outside the box. It doesn't matter if he basketballed it all the way into the box. The foul happened outside the box. It's a free kick. He's still saying it's a penalty. And your panelist there, Alec Ray, he's talking about the Candace one. Mm-hmm. He says, you can see, see it, the boy does grab Candace's leg outside the box. Yep. So the foul has been committed outside the box. It doesn't matter if Candace dives right into the penalty spot. The foul has been committed outside the box. And Alec Ray is still saying that's a penalty kick. Alec, see the... the I don't r- know where he gets it from. Well, I'll tell you where he gets it from. Listen I've to the rules, the, Alec. The, the rules of football, Alec, say this, that if a defender starts holding an attacker outside the penalty area and continues to hold them inside the penalty area, the referee must award a penalty. So if somebody's running through for the halfway line and somebody grabs his shirt, but the, but the guy's too strong and it just, just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and then falls in the box, it's a penalty. Alec, I, d- I don't know what more you want me to do other than just read the rule. I'll read it again if you want. If a defender starts holding an attacker outside the penalty area and continues holding inside the penalty area, the referee must award a penalty. That, that's all the rule says. This isn't it's not my rule. That, that guy didn't hold him inside the box. Okay, that, yeah, that's dived well, that, in the box. That's, that's a different... 
argument That's fine We can debate that Was it a, was it a foul at all Then because the, the argument Of whether it was inside or I, think, I think it was a foul uh, I, I think by the time Candias lands In the penalty box he's, he's shot up into the air For reasons best known to himself Hugh See the see. Listen it's a long winded one But see when he's actually Holding him And his momentum's Falling that way forward At what point does he actually Let go And there's momentum From his body From behind as well And that then results In the box so see that see this uh, and and that was one of the things we had to try and clear up on the the show on Saturday, Alec. That because he was held outside, because I'm saying it's it's continued all the way in the box, and that was my initial reaction at the time. Haven't seen it again. It's exactly the same thing. And for me, it's a uh, you know the rules are clear. Now you've actually tried to say if he holds it for the halfway line, let's just take the incident and it's merit, which was only about two or three yards outside the box. I don't think the guy's gone Oh I'm getting close to the box I'll let go here I think he continued into the box And for me that's a penalty Now that's only one That I'm disagreeing with you Probably over the course here Alec. The handball I say is I'm not sure It was in, uh, inside the box And I'm not sure Whether it was intentional So right. you're nitpicking here Over one potential You know Which I think's in And you don't But, but it's Alec, not, there's with, so many people Varying in uh, opinions here With respect Alec Gordon has read you out the rules Twice now And you're not accepting the rules that doesn't apply to the handball one, to be fair. This was just oh, the Candias one. The Candias, yeah. Alec, quick final word to you. We're a bit pushed for time, but I'd like to let you have your say. Well, what the Alec Ray says there or not, he kept holding on to Candias while Candias was going into the box. Candias dived into the box. The boy never kept holding him on. Candias got sort of away and dived into the box. Yeah, put, so, it, put it this way. I, mean, I, I can't see the boy touching Candias even on the line. Because Candace dived into the box. All a matter of personal interpretation. I agree with you. He arrives in the box in a in an unnatural position. Beat the pundit with goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. It is beat the pundit time. A clean slate this week. A chance for you to get one over on Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray. Show off your football knowledge and walk away with a signed ball. If tonight's your night, you need to give us a call quickly on 01419511025 because you only have until the news at 7 o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, going over all the weekend's big talking points, um, most of which have been dominated on the phones by referees, penalties, and everything else surrounding those topics. So keep them coming, 0141 951 and we're going to look ahead to some of the weekend's other big talking points as well as soon as we finish this. Beat the pundit with goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL, and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Beat the pundit time, our first beat the pundit of a new week. Hugh and Alex are ready. One of them is taking on Richard, who is a Dunfermline fan from Cumbernauld. How are you tonight, Richard? I'm very well, thank you. How's things with the pars? A defeat at the weekend, seventh in the table at the moment. How, how's it? How's it all going? No, I think we're in trouble. You think so? I think we're, yeah, I think we're in trouble. Hmm. Nearly three points off the the, the playoff spot. That's true, actually, yeah, Hugh. But, well, yeah. as, as Alex said at the start of the program, you know, if this all beginning to get something mm. resembling momentum under Gary Caldwell, so that's a concern. A lot of the teams at the bottom, Richard, have changed the manager, and you're always looking for that bounce. Is that not quite happening? No, it doesn't. I don't think it's happening. Mm, well, interesting times at the bottom and the top of that division, of yep. course. We'll watch that with interest throughout the coming months. Let's play Beat the Pundit, though. Heads, you're going to be up against Hugh Keevans, and Tails, you'll be up against Alex Ray. 
It is tails. Alex Ray up against Richard from Cumbernauld. Let me give Alex a bit of Clyde 2 in his lug so he doesn't know what we're saying. Richard, you've got 30 seconds. You're going head to head with Alex. You can pass. Here is your chance to beat the pundit. Are you ready? Yep, yep. Who scored Rangers' only non penalty goal on Saturday? Um, Rankin. Mother was Jake Hasty's just returned from a loan with which championship club? Morton. Who is St Johnson's first choice goalkeeper? Pass. What was the last Scottish club Mixu Patalainen played for before retiring? Hibs. Who's Aberdeen's record appearance holder? Willemala. Who was the last club to finish second in the Premiership outside Aberdeen? Hearts. Okay, let's bring Alex Ray back. Alex, can you hear us? Yes. Some tough ones in there, by the way. You ready? Yes. Who scored Rangers' only non-penalty goal on Saturday? Ken. Motherwell's Jake Hasty's just returned from a loan spell Aloha. with which championship club? Who is St Johnston's first choice goalkeeper? Sander Clark. What was the last Scottish club that Mixu Patalainen played for before retiring? Hibs. Who is Aberdeen's record appearance holder? Wally Miller. Who was the last club to finish second in the Premiership outside Aberdeen? Dundee United. And what year of the 90s were Inverness Caledonian Thistle formed? What? So, say that again. What? Uh, 95. Okay. I didn't, I didn't hear the question. What do you think, uh, Richard? Fancy your chances? No, I think he's beaten Do you think so? Let's go through them Who scored yeah. Rangers only non-penalty goal on Saturday? It was Ryan Kent You both got it 1-0 <sighs> Motherwell's Jake Hasty has returned from a loan With which championship club? It is Aloha Alex knew it Richard didn't 2-1 to Alex I'm afraid Richard it became 3-1 Because Xander Clark is St Johnston's first choice goalkeeper uh, Doing ever so well at the moment The last club Mixu Patalainen played for before retiring He's five. The last Scottish club Cowdenbeath Oh so none of you got it Still 3-1 to Alex Who is Aberdeen's record appearance holder? It is Willie Miller You both got that right So it's 4-2 Which means it will all come down to the last two questions The last club to finish second in the Premiership Apart from Aberdeen, Hugh Motherwell It is Motherwell Wow You were there that day You were there that famous day at Pataudry You and I I was just trying to remember it No, no, no Two is for celebrating um, <laughs> Yeah, something like that uh, And in what year of the 90s were Inverness Caledonian Thistle formed? 92 It was 94 oh. you, were, you were close enough With your guess Richard I'm afraid It was a 2 for you yeah. And a 4 for Alex Hardlines yeah. Hello good Paul Yep thank you Good man Hopefully your team Has a bit better luck Between now And the end of the season There we go Another victory I had Another notch coming, uh, A weekly occurrence I need to give you a shot Next week Is it? I'm not too sure about what that last week as well oh, one, You four, remember the Taffanier one Last week I got dogs abuse Number 33 That's right That was a howler to be fair So I'm glad you've bounced back For your own sanity uh, 01419511025 On the phones At Clyde SSB On Twitter As this hour progresses We'll hear from As many of the main Managers involved Over the weekend What what else jumped out At the weekend Well you know Aberdeen winning uh, Giving themselves the chance To leapfrog Rangers And go second If they can beat Rangers At Petaudry On uh, Wednesday uh, and doing so after losing Joe Lewis uh, and Sam Cosgrove, who has been prolific up front for them. So it was quite a, a result and performance from Derek McInnes' side, and it sets up Pataudry very nicely uh, yeah. for Wednesday night. Hearts are actually starting to come a wee bit of momentum as well. The importance of Stephen Naismith, 18 wins out of 22 when he started uh, for them. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, also Dundee starting to get some points on the board as well these these last couple of games. So, starting to heat up down the bottom. Can St Mirren get a win from somewhere, Gordon? You know, it's been 
How long time coming? 01419511025 Callum's a Celtic fan in Salkoats Hi Callum Hi guys, how we doing? Not too bad at all What's on your mind? Uh, just regarding the St Johnson Celtic game uh, Yesterday I thought St Johnson played again really well um, They're really well compact at the back And, and really hard to break down um, And Celtic just showed a bit of quality In the last 10 minutes to, to get the win Which was massive for us Given the, the injuries And going down to 10 men etc but uh, just the, on the point of the, the referees, I think they get a, a really hard time. You know, I think in the game there was a, a couple of penalty kind of shouts for Celtic. Um, certainly the first one in the, the first half on Oliver Burke. I actually had to watch it about 10 times in slow motion before I decided that uh, it was a penalty. So these referees have to make um, a decision in two seconds to, to decide if it's a penalty or not. Um, and if it's slowed down and analysed for half an hour and it's decided that as a penalty they get absolutely slated for it so it's a wee bit unfair on, in that respect but I think the uh, the inconsistency um, that's the word we've been, yeah. we've been hearing for a number of months now it's just inconsistent I think the problem um, basically goes down to the fact that they're part time you know uh, if these guys are, are full time they go away on for today for example and they maybe analyse our performance and say, right, okay, this is where I made a mistake, this is how I can improve. But these are guys that are going back to their full-time jobs. There are no guys that are going and, you know, analysing where they made mistakes and how they can improve. You, you speak about that split-second dimension, Callum, and you said that you'd watched the Oliver Burke incident ten times before you convinced yourself that it was a penalty. Uh, you know, <sighs> By all means, have full-time referees. I don't think the money's there for it. I don't think the uh, inclination is there on the part of our referees to go full-time. However, if it can improve their judgment in a split second, then by all means have it. I'm just sceptical whether Mm. it will. I I think that was an interesting point that Callum made there because the the Ollie Burke uh, one was kind of torn by most people. And I think when he went to the half-time analysis... I think it was McFadden said that from behind the goal, you can clearly see there's a little bit of contact on uh, on his foot. But then when you, you watch it on the highlights last night, he actually kicks his own foot. So I think that's a decision that, you know, could go either way. And you're absolutely right what you say. To give the referee stick on the back of that is a wee bit excessive. Um, for me, though, the, the one on Christie is a lot more clear cut. And I, I think that's an easier decision to make. And you're absolutely right, uh, Callum, in terms of it's about this inconsistency that was actually driving everybody mad, regardless whether part-time or whether full-time. It's ones that they feel as if, if you, someone If you see. talk about Willie Collum, uh, Willie Collum is a vastly experienced referee. Uh, admittedly, he's not full-time, but vastly experienced referee from the SFA elite. And there's an incident, and you think, why has he not seen that? The Ryan Christie one? Yes. What about the... the because this is something that's going to rumble on and on This debate about whether being full time would help What about the, the, the logic Which is kind of hard to argue with if I'm being honest mm. That somebody who does something professionally yeah. On a full time basis Would be better at it than someone who does it Some of the time That That's a generalisation though for me Because uh, I would, uh, How would you pick holes in it though and I'm, I'm not saying I disagree I'm just I'm intrigued to find the, the, the sort of counter to that Well why are part of this was Second bottom of the championship They're full time and Alawa being part time or above them is that your? Well, I mean, you know, yeah. being full time, they ought to be better than Alawa. 
Uh, but I, I'm just It'd give you a better chance though. That's an, uh, that, yeah. would that not go, would that uh, not be an exception say, to I, the rule? Say, I'm just sceptical, Gordon, mm. in the sense that we'll mm. still come down to that split second moment where mm. you know, for all that Alec and I were talking about it earlier today, and he said if they if they were in every day studying their positioning at the time of these controversial incidents and so on and so forth, as I say, by all means, yeah. start it tomorrow if you wish. I don't think the money's there for it And I don't think the inclination is there On the part of our referees to go full-time However, if it yeah. becomes compulsory That you're full-time Either take it full-time or don't bother Then I'll be very interested to see If in that split-second moment Full-time status makes any yeah. difference uh, Callum, what did you make of the other one Which would be Shognacy on Odson Edward? Well, I thought it was actually more of a penalty when uh, Ryan Christie was taken out. Mm-hmm, before um, that, yeah. I thought uh, the one on Edward was maybe a bit of a coming together. Maybe not a penalty, but certainly the one on, on Ryan Christie, I thought that was def- a definite penalty. But just when, when Hugh's talking about maybe it wouldn't be entirely beneficial for referees to go full-time, I don't think there's any anything else other than a positive that would come out with that. Um, you know, as I, say, as I said earlier on, surely on... For like today, example, on a Monday morning, going in and analysing their performance and saying, "Right, this is how I can improve." But these guys don't do that. These guys go and and do their, hmm. their normal jobs. What, one last one last observation for you, Callum. What if they were all full time? And what if you had the Callum McGregor, Ed, the Ryan, Ryan Christie. Christie situation arise when they are full time? What do we do then? Yeah, but it's not to say they're not going to make mistakes. It's just about giving them the best chance possible of of doing the, the jo- one, doing yeah. the job well. Of course, they'll still make mistakes. Well, as I say, I have absolutely no objection. Yeah. It's up to the governing body if they want to make it compulsory, or if a referee wants to give up the day job uh, and negotiate a a pay deal with the the SFA. By all means, but. <laughs> He still won't be believed when he gives a penalty. For anyone who's got strong views on the Odson Edward Joe Shognessy one, here's Brendan Rogers' take on it. It would have been harsh because I think you know the defenders try to protect his goal. It's last ditch. He's stretching. He's got the ball and and obviously he's made the contact. If, it, if that was a penalty given against me, I'd probably been. I wouldn't have been so happy. But um, I think it was just unfortunate for Odson. You know, he's, he's shown his bravery. The honestly, the defender to try and stop it. So. Um, but maybe on another day it could have been Here's another one we heard on the phones on Saturday Hugh We see it on social media all the time Referees should declare their allegiance no. Before they become a referee I don't think I want to live in a country where I have to register as A supporter of this club Or register as a person who reads This newspaper Or register as a person who went to this school I don't believe in it I don't believe that they mean allegiance either They mean another word And I'm absolutely set against it I have to believe that when referees make mistakes It's because of incompetence on the part of some of them and Because of human error And I do know there's a absolutely widespread belief That referees do these things in order to stop teams from progressing However I'm trying to rise above all of that I do not want to live in a country Where I have to register as anything I totally agree with that um, You know, I think you are uh, Going into the lowest common denominator When you start all this kind of Behaviour of uh, the referee is Has an allegiance to someone, Gordon, for me 
I've been saying it for a few years now The actual standard has declined um, and, I, and I said earlier on this programme In terms of VAR, communication, respect, the whole bit I would just like to know how they're actually going to improve on that And I think Callum made a very valid point In terms of going and studying things Trying to improve their performance Maybe getting out to training grounds But how that mm. manifests when you've actually got a full-time job as well May be difficult The thing we always hear, Hugh, is They do it in England uh-huh. Are we different? Yes, we are um, we I'm being very careful What I say here Because you're always Under scrutiny um, In England You can get away With all of this stuff In Scotland You are hounded 24 hours a day And they don't mean Allegiance They mean They want you to state Something else um, Alex for instance as, as a player Yeah When you played in England I'm trying to establish how, how different we are and, and Because there's no doubt about it We're absolutely obsessed with this stuff Did you ever, ever, ever consider What team the referee you had supported When you were in England? 14 years there, Gordon At not one point did I actually think That a referee had any allegiance to anyone uh, That I was playing against I might have thought there were some really dodgy decisions Over the course of that time I'm sure I did But at not one point did I actually think that And you know, we're, we're obviously coming back to a different thing in in, in Scotland. It's uh, how they roll, but um, no. And I actually agree with you, as I said earlier on. I do not believe that this should be an issue, uh, and it should not be a requirement for these rest to uh, show their who their allegiance is to. Alan is a Rangers fan from Stirling. What's your point tonight, Alan? Uh, I just think if what these guys are talking about, I think it's a load of rubbish. A referee is a referee. Back in the fifties and sixties. The referee's decision was final and this VAR is a load of rubbish to me and it takes excitement out of the game and at the end of the game we all have our discussions about the referee's decision or whatever and we stood by it. That was the end of the story. And this, this is just going far too far for me. Well, in the spirit of friendship and cooperation your point is rubbish as well uh, because <laughs> we, we, have, we have moved on we have moved on from the 1950s and we do have... Technology, technology at our disposal Whether we can afford to Put it into Scottish football grounds Is another argument However If you have a mechanism Which cuts down the chance Of human error And makes sure As best we can That the proper decision Is arrived at Then why on earth Would you oppose its introduction? Alan? At the end of the day The refugee's decision is final And if he makes that mistake well, he's made that mistake. Yeah, but, but Alan, he has an op- no, Alan, no. he has an it's opportunity. Late. He has an opportunity to actually get it right on the day. It actually it makes, makes it, it makes it. It doesn't because when you watch it in the World Cup, it was actually exciting mm. because you're thinking, did he get that one right? And well, then I mean, when he it over. does have a lot of flaws. There's no doubt about that. But the yeah. thing is, it's very early in its kind of development, Gordon. And over time, they will actually get that right. Now, some of these decisions we are discussing on this program may well, act, but you also get it at the game. Or is it going to be overturned? Is it not? And then, you know, all being, you want to try and cut down the time. So some of the times we're seeing a couple of minutes for, for a decision, too much. If they can get it down to 30, 40 seconds, mm. then it'd be worthwhile. We for, have for the so right. far spent one hour and 18 minutes discussing the accuracy or inaccuracy regarding decisions taken at the weekend. Or not referees. at all. We managed to get away for a few minutes. I'm yes. sure we did. However, if we have a machine which allows us to examine the incident and expose. A, a, a glaring error A mistake on the part mm. of Player or referee Then why on earth would you object to its introduction Hugh, we, we had uh, I think it was a Hibs Hearts uh, Derby about A year ago or so 
and the ball was clearly over the line for Hibs. Mm. I mean, goal line technology is different because yeah, that's black is, and white. Yeah, but what I'm saying to you is if you bring something in now, if you listen to Alan, it's just don't bring any technology. Mm-hmm. You made a mistake back in the day, let's forget about it. Yeah. What well, I think we covered this point earlier, Hugh, but to, to reiterate, because it's come up again, what the Rangers penalties have shown, in, in this case alone, if, if, if we're being specific, VAR wouldn't please anyone. It wouldn't, it wouldn't. No it won't Because You know We've had, ref- we've had ex-referees saying that Three of them were right We've had ex-referees saying that One of them was right So That would be the same Assessment of the incidents They would in, have to make on the day In this country The VAR machine Will need to register Its allegiance To a particular club <laughs> Thank you to Alan and Sterling 01419511025 More of the weekend's Big talking points Coming next And we've got a full time teaser That we're not going to get. With no disrespect to Hugh and Alex, I think they might struggle a bit with some of them. Uh. But we'll find out next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Hugh Keevens and Alex Ray are here, and it's time for them to go about the full time teaser. That's when you send the questions to us. And we give the guys about half an hour or so to try and come up with the answers. They usually need a lot of clues, let's be honest. Let's see how they get on tonight. Fulltime at Clyde1.com is the address you need to send your questions in. Stuart Young has sent this one. Ready? Okay. Hi guys, he says, very polite. Can you name the last goal scorer in the last 10 Scottish Cup finals? So it wasn't always the winner, because sometimes, you know, games were dead and buried by that point. But we're looking for the player who scored the final goal. In the last 10 Scottish Cup finals right, Tom Rogic Yes in 2017 Sinclair No Belly. <laughs> no <laughs> Good start by the way Really good start oh, yeah. Sh- oh my goodness I was, I was hoping for more You can play along on Twitter at Clyde SSB Sinclair No I just, you said, just that. said that Forrest the one absolute guarantee is that you lot get, get these on Twitter before <laughs> Hugh Keevens and Alex Ray do. So at Clyde SSB, let's hear from you. Looking for the last goal scorer in the last 10 Scottish Cup finals. David Gray. Yep. Great shout, Hugh. For Hibs in 2016 against Rangers. Try to forget that one, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> you've got Tom Rogic and David Gray, so you've got eight to so go. So there was, was it Inverness? German striker. German striker. No No <laughs> No If you're trying to think of Inverness's German striker I don't know who Schalke. that would be But oh, no you're thinking it's Ross Br- County You're thinking Ross County In the League Cup And he's Dutch So Van der Weg Close Close <laughs> No No right. Brewster Right okay I'll give you some thinking time Some of the other weekend's Big talking points Brian Rice It was an appointment Which raised a few eyebrows I don't think that's unfair to say mm. He's happy with the positivity His players showed In the one all draw with Dundee the new head coach says he's determined to send the fans home happy. Reckons that'll happen if they keep doing what they did at the weekend. I just felt as though we kept going and kept going. I asked them to do that. I asked them to be positive. Send the fans home happy tonight. Send them out for another pint. Go and meet their mates, whatever it is. Send yourself, by the way, we had a go today. And I think I, I think we've done that. One thing I did say was we'd, we'd try and be positive. And I think everything we've done today was positive. From taking the kick-off and getting at teams, from putting substitutes on. You know, I want to give the fans something to get behind. You know, and I think we started that today. I'm delighted for the players. You know, this isn't about me, not at all. Whether it's my first game or my hundredth game, it's not about me. I'm, I'm just here to make the players better. First and foremost, I'm a coach. Always have been a coach. 
my job is to try and improve every player as much as I can. And if we can do that, we'll be OK. Now, if we get our results along the way doing it, brilliant. As long as we show the spirit we showed today, and I can improve them, then we'll be OK. I thought that Darian McKinnon's story was one of the best of the weekend. He scores the goal in injury time that gets the Ackies the draw. And, uh, you know, makes it a, a good day for Brian Rice as opposed to a very bad one with Dundee walking off with all the points. Yeah. And he tells the story of the the, uh, the fans, the Dundee fans who had mocked him when he was lying with a potentially very serious injury and how Saturday was payback time. And, uh, you know, that's allowed. That's allowed. You know, the fans give it out. We've got to take it back. And Darian McKinnon gave the Dundee fans... Mm. What for? What how do you ask, assess what, the picture at the? It yeah, was a great goal, but how do you yeah. assess the, the, the overall picture at the bottom in terms of? Yeah. Is anyone in the driving seat? I can't imagine they are with the points totals at the moment. No. St. Mirren, St. Mirren yeah. looked doomed to me. St. Mirren looked like a a boxer on the ropes, unable to defend himself. I, I can't see St. Mirren getting out of this. Um, and Jim McIntyre and Dundee, they blow hot and cold. Uh, that would have been a big three points for them had they won on Saturday, but they'll, they'll need to. Fight on and fight again And likewise Hamilton Aggies But listen On the 4th of February I said St Mirren looked doomed to me I'll, I'll stand by that Until the end of the season Yeah I think Dundee are actually Starting to show little signs That they may well Try and maybe get out of that Hamilton You know You'll look at a new manager in Brian Rice My old pal Down the pro licence with us He'll be looking to try and get You know A couple of wins under his belt uh, On that AstroTurf And uh as I said earlier on, I feel as if St Mirren, they really need to do I think they're playing Motherwell on Wednesday. Wednesday yep. And then they've mm-hmm. got a really, really couple of tough games. So uh, you'll need to try and take something this this coming Wednesday. At Clyde SSB, remember, if you want to play along with the teaser, I won't be reading them out because I don't want to give these guys um, any help at all. But we're looking for the last goal scorer in the last 10 Scottish Cup finals. Guys like Tom Rogic, who scored the final goal in 2017. David Gray, who scored the final goal in 2016. Rudy Scatchel. Yes, Hugh Evans pulls one out of the bag. Twenty twelve. Yes. John Daly. No. Dundee United. No. No. All right, you can play along. Like I say, the last ten goal scorers in the last ten Scottish Cup finals. Cosmo is a Celtic fan in Bells Hill. Hello there. Hi. Good evening, Gordon. Good evening, Hugh. And Hi, good Cosmo. evening, Alex. Hi there. Hi there. Uh, can I start with psychic shug, please? Oh. Seen you shug like his. Predictions and scenarios and things like that. So, Hugh, would you agree with me that after all the euphoria of uh, Rangers fans just a few weeks ago, this could be the week that really sends them to the grave? Now, if Aberdeen had to win, uh, had to win on Wednesday, and Celtic obviously had to win it, so they would be nine points behind. And then, if they're losing the cup to come out next weekend, their season is effectively finished. I would, uh, would you agree with that? Uh, no, no I would not uh, Because you're completely overlooking the possibility of uh, another scenario No but no, but he oh. said if though He said if so He's 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 assuming that all these things take place Would that be the end of, of Rangers season? Uh, it would certainly If they lost and Celtic won However if, if both lost on the same night Then you're back to square one I know that But that was the scenario I, I Cosmo think, put forward I think that's Cosmo all. puts a very good point I was thinking about this earlier today Gordon This is the most important week Of Steven Gerrard's tenure If he doesn't get the result He's looking for at Aberdeen And Celtic win Nine points is too much for me That's effectively the season finished And if he goes out against Kamarnock at the weekend 
then for me, there's nothing to play for. And 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 I think it would be an absolute body blow. I think Stephen Gerrard came out after the game on uh, Saturday. And he basically stated that there's a performance that he's looking for in terms of legs, energy, power, driving at teams. And I think he's actually trying to re-emphasise to his team that they need to have their A game going up to Aberdeen this weekend, uh, See, this Wednesday. I'm going to uh, pay tribute to Celtic here in the sense that the, the result they got yesterday was astonishing. Given the injury problems that stack up for Brendan Rodgers. You know, they start yesterday without Tierney. Benkovic, Boyata, Griffiths, Rogic and Sham uh, And you can add to that for Wednesday night's game against Hibs James Forrest he won't play uh, I don't see Odds and Edward playing either uh, Michael Lustig might miss out It's an astonishing injury list that Celtic have uh, And we've been so taken up by penalty kicks That uh, I haven't actually mentioned what a good result it was under the circumstances for Celtic. Go however, on. however, sure. they now go into this game against Hibs with all of those players unavailable to Brendan Rodgers. Celtic are going to have to work extremely hard against Hibs on Wednesday night. That's why Cosmo's question, if you want a glib answer, if Rangers lose in Aberdeen and lose to Kilmarnock, yeah, the season's over. However, you can't begin to answer a question like that without taking into account other factors what might happen you, you, yes. you like your predictions and scenarios as I said at the start of my question so yeah but you're you asking me when you, when you want and when you don't want it it doesn't suit you you're no, not no no no, no 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 well I've said to you I've said to you if Brendan Rodgers can win on Wednesday night and Stephen Gerrard does not win and loses on Wednesday night and then loses to Kilmarnock. Stephen Gerrard and all associated with Rangers are bang in trouble. The one, the one thing, Hugh, that you actually touched upon there to highlight the strength and depth that Celtic have. You know, you were saying with all these injuries, and you're absolutely right in terms of all the players that are, are out at the moment. But see, when you put Brown, Sinclair, Christie, Burke, McGregor, Forrest as like a, an attack force and the personnel they have they have so much strength and depth but Forrest's out now no well I, I know that I'm just talking about for the other day you were, you were mentioning yesterday's result Hugh when he played the majority of the game Yeah. so what I'm saying is the actual strength and depth and when you look at the Edward on the bench Hayes Beaton they're all very good players the boy Weir uh, young boy Mikey Johnson they still have so much personnel uh, at their disposal mm. and I think that's one of the key things for Celtic's uh, you know advantage and, and that's why it is such a big week because Cosmo's outlined that the doomsday yeah. scenario if you're a Rangers fan the dream scenario is you go up to Aberdeen you win against one of your closest rivals you keep yeah. the pressure on and you progress in the cup at a place which has been a very difficult, difficult venue to go to so mm. that's what's at stake this week Hugh Keeves yeah. that's why we're looking forward to it so much and that's why you have to take the whole picture into account not what happens if one team doesn't do this Another team has a massive influence on the, 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 the outcome So you have to take the whole of the picture into account Not just one half of it Yeah, it's a massive week you And you know in terms of the actual kind of magnitude of what could possibly happen And as I say, I, I pay tribute to Celtic for Never mind how much money these people cost Celtic In Sham, £4.5 million pounds. Uh Benkovic an £11 million signing for Leicester City loan to Celtic never mind the money aspect it's a the number of options that are denied mm. Brendan Rodgers I mean absolutely top class players all denied mm. Brendan Rodgers and so it comes down to I, I, I repeat I think Jeffrey Tollian looks a terrific player 
Jeremy Jeremy, I beg your pardon uh, And Timothy Weir has started to pull up trees here uh, But you're still talking about an 18 year old Someone who's had half a game for Celtic in Tolian uh, And I'm paying tribute to Brendan Rodgers and Celtic For maintaining their six point lead But this month they've got Hibs They've got Kilmarnock away They've got Hearts away so these guys are going to have to go to the well time and time again Stuart Young's question for you tonight is Can you name the last 10 goal scorers in the last 10 Scottish Cup finals? So who scored the final goal on all of those days? Tom Rogic did it in 2017 uh, David Gray did it in 2016 uh, And Rudy Scatchel did it in 2012 Any more? <laughs> is that a no? Uh, Boyata? No Simunovic? No you're just going to run through the full Celtic <laughs> Absolutely. I've, 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 <laughs> 25 to see when you come up with right, Let's start McGregor, with that. McGregor He opened the scoring That's In the most yes, recent cup yes, final yes, Who got yes. the second? You yeah. just you just mentioned them Not too long ago Having said that You sort of ran through them all Didn't you? But... Edward <laughs> <laughs> This can't turn into an exercise Where you just list off Every Lucy. Celtic Oh come on Griffiths and Sham That was the boy in Sham wasn't it Yeah It was indeed Well done Do you remember Against Motherwell We were there You and I <laughs> you Really Yeah Was it a nice day Oh in fact were you there No no, I was in here Okay yeah yeah We, we did the show from Hamden But you were in here Okay Olivia and Sham Tom Rogic David Gray Rudy Scatchel uh, Frank's in Kilmarnock Hi Frank Hi uh, Good afternoon guys uh, Good afternoon It's about late for that That's fine I don't mind that um, you, um, you made a call I was on I know you got about 100 callers since. On the 4th of January, I came on. Uh, I was talking, you and Derek, it was on. And I was talking about Rangers seemed to have made an early impact in the transfer market. And it was a Ferrari over them signing Defoe and Davis. And I said at the time, um, let's hold fire. Only in the west coast of Scotland would you get such a Ferrari and hysteria. And I said, give Celtic time and... I remember we both agreed that Celtic had to go out and sign first-team players, none of these gambles and squad players. And I think now the proof is in the pudding. Granted, it's only the 4th of February, um, dare I say. But Celtic signings have made an impact to the first team. None more so than what you're just talking about now, that the squad's going to be stretched. But if you look at it, Burt's come in. Granted, he's only got two goals, but he looks as if he's added something up front. He's got a presence. Celtic looked good. He was unlucky yesterday. A couple of great saves from um, the St. Johnston keeper. Where his impact off the bench is just phenomenal. He looks as if he's lifted the team. He's a crowd favourite. And I think you'd bang on the boy, Tolgan, at right back. Granted, we've only seen 45 minutes, but that boy looks class. Absolute mm-hmm. class. And I would ask you now, and I'll ask you the same question to Alec, given what you've seen, Celtic players look as if they've hit the ground running and added mm. to it and Celtic are looking as if they've got a swagger back. I actually think Davis and Defoe have negatively impacted Rangers. So when they, when they play Rangers shapes all over the place, I listen to Gordon and Saturday saying the diamond isn't working. Where I lived down here in Kilmarnock, I was stunned Gerard changed his formation to play the two players given how good they battered us on the 29th of December. And Rangers looked second rate that night. And then, even listening to Stephen Gerrard, the first 45 minutes on Saturday, the diamond didn't seem to work. So are these players detrimenting Rangers over the last few games and have Celtic still a bit of a lead? There's a new feature to this programme where you must categorically state 
That one thing or another will happen Why is that a problem Hugh? That I, I, I don't, because you've been here for years Frank just wants to know your opinion He wants to know who I, you think the best signing of the window is so far You I, make wild speculative guesses at other subjects Why not this one? I, I took Celtic to win the league I stand by that But They have now been beset by so many injuries And Yes you're correct in what you say That Oliver Burke and Timothy Weir Have made a substantial contribution very early on uh, I am not dismissing the fact that they'll go on to make a huge contribution But there's an awful lot for Celtic to do Because they have been beset by these injury problems So yes they have started extremely well I cannot stand here and categorically mm. promise you That it will continue He's not looking for a promise As, uh, Going back to well, you what, to Tell you. me then What is he looking for? He's just looking for a, 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 a um, The question is quite simple It was given what you've seen so far Have the Celtic signings Made a better impact To the team And strengthened them And have the Rangers signings Weakened them Given, given, given the what Given That everybody had over well, the the mass hysteria didn't start here. Let me say. Mm. However, uh, Davis looks well off the pace. Defoe has got a goal on a night when Rangers lost, and a penalty on a day when Rangers got four penalties. The contribution made by Weir and Burke is better than that. Well, there we go. but the, we got there. there's so many factors you have you have to put it, it in. Is so, it is so early. It's yeah, it's I, so I think early. you're looking but, at. F- but, but, but Frank did set it up by saying based absolutely. on what you've seen so far. Listen, it's it's very early days. I think one of the key things for Celtic in terms of these guys coming in is I think is it four games at home and one away from home. I think that helps Celtic because of the amount of possession and things they have. Uh, the guys have come in and made an impact. I think the four. I think you're right. What you says as well there, Frank, in terms of the the commandant one in terms of the shape. However, for 20-25 minutes in that, that game, I think the, defi- the f- deciding factor for me there was the mistake by Warrell because it changed the whole mm. complexion of the game. We're very late for this, but have you got any more in the teaser? The last 10 goal scorers in the last 10 Scottish Cup finals? No. <laughs> right, you've got Cham, Rogic, Gray and Scatch. will get your thinking caps on. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final stretch in tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are working on this question tonight, sent in by Stuart Young. So you can send them into full time at Clyde1.com. We're looking for the final the last ten Scottish Cup finals. Who scored the final goal within those games? Hartson. Olivier and Cham, Tom Rogic, David Gray, Rudy Scatchel. Hartson. Sutton No No Nacho Novo Yes Boyd Yes Joe, Joe Ledley Yes You put the brake to good use there You've had your thinking caps on uh, I've still one of the aliens there Look So you've got four to get Oh Well we, we know there's an Inverness one But we're not quite sure who it was mm-hmm. We've tried like Brewster Mackay Oh it wasn't No Nope, 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 nope. Oh, Brewster was years ago 94 he was You and I were Were there at this one I'm sure of it Falkirk Inverness Yes I was at that game as well And I can't yeah. even think Yeah It was like a breakaway To the, the goal to the right Yeah, Falkirk, Falkirk were dominating the game the keeper spilled it didn't he Was it Jamie McDonald Is it Kettlewell No He's got the same haircut as you Alex Ray Mackay No Alright You've got one Celtic to get I don't mind telling you that One Celtic And the other three are Non Old firm 
Let's hear from Stephen Robinson He says Motherwell now have quality In the final third of the pitch He was looking for earlier in the season They won 3-0 against Livy at the weekend He says Jake Hasty is like a new signing After scoring three goals in four games After returning from a loan spell with Alloa I actually think we've played better than that in lost games You know, if we look early on in the season Any game against Livingston is going to be a scrap and a battle And, and I thought we, we fought them out battle them today Now that the players that we've got in the football club I think we've got that wee bit of quality up that top end of the pitch You know, with Bowley, with, with Jake Hasty With Mano, you know, he should great finish from Mano as well today And then the three that we bring on You've got another three to bring on in that area of the pitch So, some really good performances I thought the, the two centre-halves were excellent I thought the two of them were excellent They're a hard team to deal with They put balls into the box every opportunity Every throw ins like a corner and we didn't defend that when we went away from home so we've we've learned our lessons um I thought it was a really dogged performance. I still think we can be better. He's a breath of fresh air, you know. And I think um, you know bringing James Scott on as well. He's the same. They've no fear. They know they're not frightened of anybody. They're not frightened of the crowd. Give them a little bit of stick. Um, they're not frightened of the first team players. So what they do is give a real freshness. He's like a new signing, Jake, for us. Um, and there are things he can get better at, obviously. Um, but I thought both the the wide players and Mino up top as well. That there was threat all day long, you know. And that probably is the difference between us now and what we had before Christmas. It was a good win Don't yeah. think there's any doubt about that Yeah You know that they're, You can forget Any talk of Motherwell Being in trouble At any stage They're, they're now Four league wins On the bounce uh, Having taken care of Livingston Who are now Five defeats On the bounce So Motherwell Are on the Up escalator Livingston are on The down escalator And Motherwell Are edging towards The top six And it's not over yet Seven points to the top six You have well, a bridge too far But you're absolutely right They've actually won a few games In the bounce But I have to say The boy Jake Hasty Really really impressed with him Power mm. Goal scoring Very good I enjoyed that And it shows you There are different ways Of going about a season We sometimes forget How long the season is Some teams start off well And, and then fade away Some teams start off poorly And put a run together Some teams do a, a bit of everything uh, the perception would be That Livingston have had a good season So yes, far Regardless Because you know they've, they've come up And Motherwell have had a bad season I'm not sure Many people would Realise Hugh That they're level on points now Yeah but Which is be... quite something Given the, the contrast That we had Even two, two months ago Maybe To be fair to all Everyone took Livingston To go down Oh they're still doing Fantastically well and, To be there No doubt about that it, So long as they survive That the season's fine To be fair to Motherwell uh, you wondered when players left If they could replace them adequately For me The most refreshing thing For Motherwell Is that the young are doing it now Because they have to be the lifeblood Motherwell can't go big in the transfer market And the young ones are emerging And for a club of Motherwell's standing yeah. That is gold I have to say Livingston five defeats in the bounce Gordon They seem as if the wheels Will come off a little bit But 30 points for me Will probably be enough oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, As it currently fine. stands to If they don't yeah. win another game But True. they'll be trying to get uh, Out of that rut at the moment But I have to say Motherwell are just starting to go In the right direction Archie's in Shawlands What's in your mind tonight Archie? It's just about the referees Going professional That's a lot of nonsense It's not about professionalism Or amateurism It's about getting the decision right <laughs> I can't believe I'm, I'm agreeing with you Kevin's tonight The lot of things he said Hugh, I must have taken the wrong tablets tonight, I think. <laughs> yeah. what, what I would say is the SFA should get the referees in maybe once a week to give them little top-up lectures and maybe to help them with confidence because that's what it's about, confidence. When you look at a referee refereeing the match, half of them, they look scared as, they look like scared wraps under headlights. I don't, it's probably all the, the bad media they're seeing and the press about themselves and listening to the Joe Clyde and all that colours coming on and slagging them off Listen, that they're useless I think that's what half it's about I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to bring everything down to money but they get £850 per match 
So they will just have to put up with the the bouts of public criticism that come their way. It's not a bad shift on top of your own wage. So I don't think Archie, with the greatest respect, that getting a pep talk once a week at the SFA will necessarily make your vision any better or your judgment any better. And by the way, I know they're not full time, but they they do have a development program. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have a strong opinion on whether it's enough or not. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that, but they clearly do get feedback whether it's enough. Yeah. I think most people from the outside would guess that it's not. Archie, you said it's not about professionalism or full time. It's about getting the decisions right. But the reason people say it is because they think that going full time will help them get more decisions right. So it's not it's not a separate issue. Yes, but it won't. I mean, a caller, one of the Rangers fans come on there and said, get them full-time, look at the Premiership in England. Did you watch Sky Sports? Some of the decisions are shocking in that league as well. And in the Italian league and the German league. Yeah, but... And they're all professional football, uh, football referees. Yeah, that is true. Since day one, it's been about taking the man in the middle uh, decision as final. And that's the way it should be. I know it can cost the league and it can cost a cup, but we're going to have to do it because you can't train somebody. You can't train somebody to make a decision right. That's impossible. Well, the man, in, the, the man in the middle's decision is not final because one of the penalties awarded to Rangers on Saturday was given by Andrew Dallas after consultation with his assistant referee. That's still his final decision, though, in the sense that he, he gave it, he was just checking whether it was inside or outside the box. Well, he's the only one that's allowed to point to the spot. Yeah. I mean, the, so... Is that something that, do, that does get lost? Because we, we don't tend to... And I guess it's a bit... That, that, that's why being the referee... You know, that's why it is such a hard job because no one's really interested in criticising this assistant ref. Yeah, is he? Well, it's, well, it's all it's yeah. all on Andrew Dallas. Yeah. Well, I, I actually brought that up earlier on, Gordon, I because I, I think it's actually unfair that everybody's directing it to Andrew Dallas when the linesman's clearly made that call. So that was the reason I was trying to put a wee bit of perspective and balance on it. Unless it's the assistant referee who shouted "red card, red card, red card" at Ibrooks when it was an absolutely obvious red card, and everyone still picked holes in his argument. You know, so listen. This is Scotland Referees have no chance whatsoever But they're not doing their own case Any good By being at times As inept as they are Thank you to Archie and Shawlands We're still looking for four more on the question The last ten Final goal scorers In Scottish Cup finals So Who scored the, you know, the last goal on the day Guys like Cham Rogic David Gray Joel Edley Rudy Scatchel Nacho Novo Chris Boyd That goes back to 2008 So Boyd's the The furthest back If you like And you're looking for another four since then Told you you were looking for one more Celtic. Did you get it? Charlie McGrew. Did you get him? Yes, Charlie McGrew. All right, you're looking for another three. My apologies. I just couldn't remember if you said another that. Two, surely. Okay. If there are ten. No. Rogic, Gray. And you're Sham. looking for. You're looking for. Trust me, you're looking for three. 2015, 2014, and 2010. 2010. So um... unless we've counted wrong. Rogic. Grey in Sham Boyd That's four sure. Novo, Ledley, Yeah yeah you're right Mulgrew, yeah, you're, Scatchel, you're right eight. You're right you're right It's 11 Stuart's oh. Stuart wrote 10 in the question But you're still looking for three That's yes, the point yes, 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 well, yeah. Close We need close Close We hear the music Dundee United Dundee. Gold No It was before that They beat Ross County in the final I thought that was John Daly Nope He now plays for Blackburn as well I think Alongside Charlie McGrew It's a wee wing up um, Swanson uh, Another one uh, uh, Craig Bryson Conway Conway Yeah oh. okay Right let's rattle through them um, This guy <laughs> was at Hearts He scored at four Hearts No He scored at for St Johnson And he's now at Hearts St Johnson Striker 
Paul McLean Steve McLean And he given up on this Inverness one He had the same haircut as you Alex Ray Is he a midfielder? Yep Went to Dunfermline Nah. No Initials J V uh, I'll just tell you James Vincent oh And it was God. It was 11 in the end My apologies uh, Thank you Hugh Evans And Alex Ray We're back tomorrow from 6 Callum Gallagher's up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Win the compensation you deserve Talk to Thompson's.com